lucky, I'll say I'm lucky, this is my lucky day. Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran jazz singer Linda Pearl. We talked to her in May 2020 about quite a bit. She was born in Connecticut, grew up in Japan, and became the only foreigner to have trained at the famous Tohogino Academy. She has quite a road in jazz etched so far, and there's so much more to do. Enjoy. Thank you for taking some time out for Neon Jazz today. Well, of course. Thanks for having me. Are you kidding? You're doing us a favor. So talk to me a little bit about what you're doing during this time to kind of keep yourself creatively satiated. I've been uh, painting, and um, not that any of it's any good, and uh, I write a little blog, and so that's been fun to do. I've been doing a little, part of a little series, it's an ensemble thing called Viral Vignettes with my darling, lifelong pal, Donnie Most. So, um, you know, we shoot it on Zoom, and um, there are a whole bunch of people doing a, a part of the show. So that's fun, and we're learning. I mean, it took us, I think, four hours to shoot a 15-minute episode the other day. Um, and I'm getting ready to film a, a one-woman play I've done uh, on and off for the last several years called Year of Magical Thinking. It's Joan Didion's one-woman show about, you know, metabolizing grief. And um, I will say that it's been harder to get the lines back into my head just because I've got sort of quarantine brain. I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to do that now. And, you know, it's just hard to – it's been harder to pull focus. Um, But I love the play. And I'm grateful that the Actors Fund is letting us do it as a benefit for them. So we're going to film that next week. And, uh, you know, otherwise just taking it a day at a time. If I think about what we're in for in the year ahead, I just spiral right down. It's just so overwhelming. But, you know, the truth is we, we don't really know what what the new normal is going to be and um you know looking at history people tend to survive i mean societies tend to survive these things and they come out of them so uh, however eventually that happens so you had an interesting upbringing you were born in connecticut raised in japan talk to me a little bit about your childhood and how jazz became your life well you know my parents loved music and uh so we usually there was something playing on the turntable most of the time and my folks had a penchant for broadway musicals and jazz and uh i mean they loved living in japan as did i but i think it allowed them to stay connected in some ways to their culture there was no television and there was one radio station the far east network um, so music was just a constant in our home. And uh, also, the Japanese have always been great fans and aficionados, particularly of American jazz. So, you know, folks were around. Um, Helen Merrill lived there uh, for a long time, and she was married to a, a UPI, um, uh, a news journalist there. And um, Anita O'Day lived there for a while. There was a singer not 
nearly as well known, but who lived there for a long, long time, um, Dolly Baker. And, you know, it was a small foreign community, even a smaller American community there. So it was a very social time and people would, you know, they would come through our house. So Dolly Baker was over a lot and um, we had a piano and Anyway, it was just um, the artists and, and, and sometimes artists would be staying at our, our house. We had, you just never knew who was going to show up for breakfast. We had Fulbright scholars, dancers, sculptors, painters, that kind of thing, who would be living at the house. So it was a very art-fluid atmosphere, and music was a part of it. What was the first live jazz show you ever saw that really inspired you? Oh, Dolly Baker. Yeah just live i mean it was it was the whole thing was special you know it was it was late at night for me as as a little girl and uh and see dolly was sort of a, a bigger than life wonderful character she um she was warm she was beautiful she was kind kind to her audience and uh it just the everything about her was inviting and and welcoming. So I think that was very impactful for me as as a young as a young per a young person. I mean, I was a kid. I was probably you know twelve or something like that. So what memories of being on the road, being on the stage, playing around other musicians are you drawing on right now to give you strength during this? Well, um, I tell you, I really you know all my concert dates, of course. I mean, that's the least of what's been canceled for people, but all my concert dates have been canceled for uh, the rest of the year. And I, I I, had not taken them off my calendar. So the other day it was like I looked, oh, what am I supposed to do today? And there was a big band concert I was supposed to do that was canceled. And I, you get this pang, um, you know, because you can't do that. You can't have that. Well, here's the thing. Every time I have a chance to perform, you know, you it's a it's a discipline of the spirit. It you learn something from it. It's fun. It's an exchange uh, in the moment with you, the musicians, and the audience. Um, also, I am so blessed to work with Ted Firth, who is just extraordinary. I mean, he's really he, he's genius category. Uh, I think in a number of people's books, certainly mine. And so it's that, you know, thrill of jumping off the cliff and in many ways going into the unknown because, of course, we rehearse, but it's never the same twice. And Ted and I have worked together now for 11, maybe 12 years. This is our third album, our third album. So there's a a connectivity between us and an understanding musically that a, a patina that is kind of built up, you know, between us that I, I cherish. And uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say I'm just sad that we, I am not going to have that privilege for a long time. Well, when you do, and we do get back to the stage, I want to know from you what revelations or silver linings do you hope both musician and audience member gets from this time away from live jazz you bet i think it'll be profound i think we i think it'll be more 
more meaningful. I mean, I think we're probably all hungering for that connectivity, you know, that we that we experience communally. Um, I've been amazed at the response from the creative community online. I mean, people have just found a way. You know, Billy Stritch has a live show from his home every Thursday night. He and Linda Lavin do a show Wednesday afternoons. Uh, Jim Caruso does his wonderful variety show from Birdland. Harold Sanditon does one from Crazy Cox in London. I mean, from his home, but, you know, affiliated with Crazy Cox. Who else? Oh, Billy Hinchy, you know, wonderful rock and roll guy, guitarist for the Beach Boys for years, and Dino, Desi, and Billy, and... He does a show from his home in Vegas every Saturday night. And there's stories and there's no fuss, there's no artifice. You know, I somehow when folks, as we are, you strip down to just you in your apartment or in your home, um, you know, as we experienced in the Sondheim birthday celebration. I mean, the simplicity of it was so comforting and so elegant. Um so, I mean, I you know, all of that is good and well, but it doesn't really take the place of being in a club or a venue together and and sharing that experience. Um, so I think, um, you know, I, I, I think we'll all, I know I will certainly crave that. I miss, I miss being on stage and I miss being in the audience. I miss them both. So why do you love... I had studied... Um, ballet as a little as a little girl and uh, for for a long a long time and then in my mm, I guess at 18 or 19 I started to move into uh, into jazz dance and modern dance and there was because ballet was established in me. I mean, I was never a great ballerina by any stretch of the imagination, but I did put in my hours at the bar. And so the you know, the the line of ballet is then established in you. So then to break from the line as jazz does, as modern dance does, um, was very exciting. And so I think jazz is the same is the same thing. There's that thrill of freedom that the journey of it. it you know, it, it, the more you can align to the melody, to the because I'm an actress primarily, and I approach songs more as an actress than a singer. Just to align your thought to the subtext of the lyric, um, and then that. Um, the the exploration and the freedom in jazz is I find very very exhilarating. So my final question to you is this: Everyone has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your fans that you're living your life. Who do you think you are? <laughs> I have to get back to you on that. I <laughs> all right. We'll get I mean, we'll, we'll call you in ten years. Now. What? I'll give you a call back in ten years. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> it's a fun question. It is. A work in progress. I'll put it that way. Work in progress. I like it. That's awesome. Hey, thank you for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz today to talk about things in this very strange world we have uh, become. I know. Well, listen, I appreciate it. We're, we, uh, you know, 
it's um, very much appreciated to help just get the word out on the CD, and uh, so I appreciate your support. And you stay safe too. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Japan, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Linda for her time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com, and for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.